Relax, pull up a chair and join us for the Be A Bond Girl podcast, featuring mastermind coach and author of Fempowerment, Unleashing Your Inner Bond Girl, Sandy Shepard. This is Sandy Shepard, and welcome to our Coffee Chats. This is a new interview series that we have started here on BeABondGirl.com, and I have been very honored this week to have interviewed three fantastic experts in their field. The interview that you're going to hear first is Scott Smith from MotivationToMove.com. Scott was actually the second interview that I did in the series. However, I'm waiting for the first interviewee to get back to me, so I wanted to post this for you so you would have something to listen to over the weekend. I hope that you enjoy it. I think Scott and I had a great time, and the one thing I would really like you to pay attention to, I think Scott's life and story is fantastic. I think you'll also enjoy his podcasts and his forum on MotivationToMove.com, but please pay attention particularly to what he has to say about intimate conversation between men and women and what men are looking for from women. If you've read my book, Empowerment, you know that I said what I thought men were looking for, but it was great to hear it come out of an actual man's mouth. I hope you enjoy this interview. Scott and I had a great time, and please let me know what you think. Thanks again, and have a great one. This is Sandy signing off. Hey, this is Sandy Shepard of BeABondGirl.com, and today for our bonus interview, we have Scott Smith, who is the founder and CMO of Motivation to Move. Scott calls himself the CMO, or Chief Motivational Officer, very similar to how you've heard of me call myself the Chief Empowerment Officer. I think once we begin speaking with Scott, you'll also realize that he is a CEO in his own right. He really is the Chief Excitement Officer, and Scott is one of my coaches. I am one of his premium members, which we may speak about a little bit later on in the podcast. Scott is a very motivational speaker. He actually has a background in radio. So as opposed to my little podcast, you'll hear that he's got the great voice going. And we are just here to tell you about Scott. He is so motivational to me. You wonder where I get it from. I am sometimes just getting Scott's energy in the morning and giving it to you in the evening. So here we go, Scott. Just keep going. <laughs> I'm so inspired. I'm so motivated. I, I who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you, ta- are you talking about me? Is Am I the same one? No. Oh, were you Scott Smith? Oh, shoot. Wait, I have to hang on now. <laughs> Thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. I appreciate that well, very much. How would you really describe motivation? What I would say about it is really that you 
help for me and probably for your other premium members. You give simple and sort of fun advice with respect to motivation, but also with respect to fitness. And how would you describe motivation to move? Well, I think, you know, that's tough because I think one of the things that, that we do is we do make it simple. I'm, I'm always saying lose the drama. You know, you, simple. I like simple because simple mm-hmm. works. The things that, that for, for motivation, it started as a health and fitness uh, program is where we all began. And what I realized was so much was out there, but people weren't getting it. It wasn't mm-hmm. working for them. And I said, okay, there's got to be another way. How do we do mm-hmm. this? And I kind of looked around what I was doing personally, and I said, you know, uh, I was doing radio, I was doing TV, I was doing kind of entertainment kind of thing, and it, it, and that was working. I said, well, people seem to be into that. They don't like the yep. work. <laughs> There's a quote here. So Motivation to Move kind of became that. It was simply coming in and saying, how do we find a way to what became my mission statement, by the way, to help people start moving and help them stay moving? How do we do that? And that became my focus. And any time that you want to get something, you simply focus on – you have to direct that focus very tightly. And I kept going down and down and down. I finally got it down to, down to four words, start moving, stay Yeah, moving. and I love that. So, I, that that's, you say that a lot in your podcast, and I think it really covers what you do, which I really appreciate. Well, you know, it's the hardest thing to do is, 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 is what? To get started and then to keep mm-hmm. moving. And, but you have to do that to succeed in life. And I said, okay, well, if that's the problem, let's just focus on that and let everything else take care of itself. And it really does. Once you, once you start, it just kind of rolls from there, as you know. You know. <laughs> well, what they don't know is we worked it out. You get the West Coast. Well, I get that's the East Coast. right. That's, that's right. And, and at some point, we're going to meet in Mississippi or something, and then there's going to be a big black hole, and our husbands and wives are going to go, what happened? Oh, they must have met. It was like you know a white <laughs> hole or a meteor. Anyway, you know, I know your story behind Motivation to Move. I'm afraid that, well, you never know. Some of my listeners actually might be cross listeners. I'd love to that we've got both sides covered. But I'm wondering if you could explain for my listeners and perhaps even for listeners that don't know your background who have more recently joined you. I've been with Scott uh, about a year now, so I know a little bit about his background. But I'm really curious, and I think our listeners and certainly your newer listeners might be interested in understanding sort of when and how you started Motivation to Move. You know, that's something that I think that it's funny. I think I started it a long time ago. I think, I think I've think i kind of always mm-hmm. been it. Uh, I, I, like a lot of people, kind of crossed into my 40s, kind of looking at who am I? What am I here for kind of thing. And, and I kind of began down that road a little bit, but like a lot of folks, just didn't, didn't know how to make mm-hmm. it happen. And so I kept kind of trying. I was doing all kinds of stuff. I, basically, I was, a, I was staying real busy, but I, I had a problem with my mm-hmm. diet. It was, it was I, I would get fat. I'd get skinny. I'd get, oh, wait a second. Did I see that? <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I got fat. And and what would happen is that that would go on and on, and you know I'd, I'd, I'd gain 30 or 40 pounds, then lose it. And this went on for years, and I had the health issues and the whole thing that happened mm. with that. And But as you get older, it gets to be more of a problem. Now, along the way, I actually had even done some – I used to teach kickboxing. I got a black belt. I, I was very mm-hmm. active. I did this stuff, so that was my skinny time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what ended up happening was – I, uh, I I had done this kickboxing. I had gained a little bit of weight, and 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 then then I was trying to reach out and and motivate and inspire people, trying to find mm-hmm. my way. But then the thing that really pinpointed this, and now you always hear me say the trick is the Absolutely. click, uh, you know, because because I really believe that. Oprah would call it what a light yep, bulb moment. Yep. Yep. Well, well, the click is 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 just what you hear. And when you get something, and and about seven years ago, when I was trying to find my way on this thing, not knowing where I was, my wife got oh. sick. Um, I was married uh, – I was actually married a uh, total 29 years almost, yep. and she was diagnosed with malignant melanoma, which is uh, just a skin right. cancer. 
uh, of the vulva, by the way, oh, which is dear. you know skin cancer of as Oprah say the yeah. JJ. Oh. It's, it's scary, and and uh, for a woman. And I knew that, and I knew that she needed some tools to get through it. And I had done some some motivational seminars, and Tony Robbins mm-hmm. was coming to town. And I could get some free mm-hmm. tickets, mm-hmm. and I said, I said, well, come on. So I took her there, and and she got the tools she needed. But during the course of the very first night of the seminar, she looked at me and she goes, "You can yep. do this." And I said, "Yeah, you're right, yep. I can." Actually, what I said was, "I can do it better." <laughs> I don't know if I've done that yet, but. But that's kind of where the click started, and 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 but then I had a problem because here I was, I was 248 pounds. My wife had cancer. That's a heck of a place to start being a motivational wow. speaker. But you know where we go in life just kind of begins with the decisions we make, and I made a decision. That's what I was going to do, and I was just going to follow that recipe that I I now know as the secret recipe. And you've heard me say a million times: stand up, take a step, take and a step. repeat. <laughs> we both know it. Does it get any easier know. than that? And I, and I tell people, people call me, Scott, I just can't get moving. I say, stand up. They go, what? I said, stand up. They say, what? I said, get off your butt yep. and stand up. Take a step and just keep doing it until you get what you want. Why would you stop before you yep. got that? I mean, really, start moving, stay moving. Stand up, take a step, repeat. It, it's simple. Life begins when you move, and we are creatures that are designed to move. It is that yep. simple. I think that's, Everything comes to I you I think that's that. exactly right. I think that one of the things that, that people forget is that we haven't really changed that much since what I guess I would call cavemen times and we all sort of sit around and then we have these products that aren't that great for us that are our quick products and we're not paying attention when we're eating and then we're suddenly too busy to exercise and i wish i could say that you know there's some 20th century or 21st century body which allows us to eat all that stuff and allows us not to exercise but the truth of the matter is it just ain't out there we're still the same people are supposed to be walking a lot getting out in the sun having you know relaxing all that stress that we're we're putting ourselves under i mean we tease that we both do a ton of stuff but a lot of even though it's stress it's sort of a good stress but it's still stress are you calling me a Neanderthal? Oh, you know, call- maybe just a little. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, technically speaking, we are actually because if you go back, but when we were gatherers and hunters, when you go back ten thousand years before we became agriculturally oriented, uh, we had to go out and hunt. We had to go out and, and look for our food. And back then, uh, Urug, Urug's a caveman, by the way. <laughs> now, Urug is actually a joke that goes back to the beginning of motivation to move. By the now, way, that one I don't because know. I saw- <laughs> That's what you don't know because what you don't know is this: is that Urug. I, I created him one day because I knew I was being a teacher and I knew I was going to be that. And I said, I told, I told my wife at the time, I said, you know, people are going to start calling me a guru. <laughs> I don't know guru. So I reversed it and called my cave rat Uru. And so Uru is kind of a running joke for me. Every time you hear Uru, you're thinking I, I'm getting down off my pedestals when I'm doing. I love that. So, I love that. Yeah, yeah, so when you see Uruk pop up, I use him to teach lessons all the time because I go, well, well, you know, when Uruk was out hunting, basically he burned his calories because he didn't want to get et by a dinosaur, so he had to run. I think you got to bring him. Be, I think you got to bring him out a little bit more. I haven't heard. I've been a member for a year now, and I don't remember Uruk, and I like him, so I think that's. Well, the big, yeah. Well, the biggest problem is I produced over a thousand programs, and and I I'm in the process now of going back and and figuring out where the good stuff is. <laughs> it's way back, it's way back there. <laughs> But Uru was part of that, and I and I got him going with that. But the, the fact of the matter is, by body mass, if you look at our body mass now, and you go back ten thousand years to the Neanderthal, or you know, back then, a long, long, long time ago, way back down, <laughs> you go back there. We actually now the, these days are getting thirty eight percent of the physical movement that we got back then. Yet we still have the same yep, body. Yep. 
So the same body mass, but we're moving 38% of that. So we, there is a reason why we're all fat now. Well, not all of us. And some well, of and are. you also said, I think that's the thing, is you were saying that when you found out your wife had cancer, you're at about 250 pounds. She's got cancer. You know, you've, you've got a lot of stress then related to your life. And we were talking about how we are sort of designed to move. So that's part of the moving part of your body. But I think that you also found as your secret recipe that you needed to just sort of move with your life. I think that there's also the metaphor of making sure that your life continues to move and not to stagnate. And and I remember, I think, that you might have had a little wake-up call yourself during that period of time. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. You see, I know your secrets. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? My wife went on to have surgery, and everything went well. She was fine. Mm-hmm. The JJ was fine. Everything was fine. And and we're doing okay, but but I had 248 pounds right. on me. <laughs> yeah, so you know, guys are such wusses. They really are. <laughs> I felt terrible. I'm feeling really sick, and I wouldn't even call the the motivator of last resort. Oh, I, your doctor. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call the doctor. I, I just whined and and whined and whined until what happened? Well, my wife said I'll call him, her. And so I went to the doctor and told told her my story. And she looks at me. And she says, Well, you know, you are over 40. Oh, <laughs> So well. Hey, you just, everybody does that, gain weight. I said, yeah. And she goes, and don't worry, I'm just going to give you a oh. pill. We'll take care of that blood pressure. And I said, wait, 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 hang on a second. Now, I heard when you take high blood pressure medication, I, I heard that there's lots of side effects, and one of them is, well, your yep. libido. Yep. Now, I didn't want to lose yep. that. <laughs> so I left the doctor's office. I, I negotiated. I said, listen, I don't want this. How long do I have? She said, well, three weeks to get it down or you're going on the pill. I said, cool. I joined the gym on my way <laughs> home and started working wow. out. I did. And, uh, and then uh, two months later, I'd lost 40 pounds. I started teaching again. Uh, I got back in the gym. And people people were like, you're back. And I started teaching. But something was really different when that happened because I had real popular classes. I, I used to teach over 150 people in a class five days a week at a YMCA. Wow. So I had popular classes. But when I went back, it changed. Because I had this now different experience, I became really interested in, in motivating people on an entire level because I understood something. I understood that what it took to lose weight and shape up was the very same thing it took to be a success in business or a success in life. And I saw a lot of really successful people who were, frankly, mm-hmm. fat. Absolutely. Why can't, why can't okay, you're, you're, you're a successful businessman. Why can't we just take those same tools and teach you to yep. lose weight? And I found that I could do it, but it was a different way. And so that's why Motivation Move kind of became a little bit of both and still has two sides on the premium side, the personal development side and the health and fitness yep. side, and yet you get all of that with your membership because I believe you need both. The number one value: you've got to move, got to be yep. healthy. And I, so that yeah, I, that, was a, that was a scary, scary thing. And I think that I think that's one of the things that um, in in Fempowerment, in my book, one of the things in just the very first chapter, I'm telling people you have to touch everything in your house because when you really want to get rid of things, you need to you need to touch everything. And the thing about your body is your body never lies, and so. Are you saying we need to touch <laughs> Oh, baby. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that up to joy. <laughs> but no, really, I think that a lot of people, as they get heavier, as they get clutter around in their house, they they don't touch it. You know, they, they get tactily away from it. And that's one of the things, too, is that I think that as you start to move and your body starts to feel a little bit better, then you actually – there was a book, actually, Oprah's um, uh, Clutter Guy – wrote a book and I think his book was something like 
does this clutter make my butt look fat? And his, his reasoning was that when you have clutter or actually when you've got, when you've got fat on your body, things like that, that it's sort of an, an unmade decision. It's something where you haven't really decided to deal in various areas of your life and it can manifest as being a little heavy. It can manifest as clutter. And, um, like you said, these people that are successful business people, but they're heavy, it could be that they're successful business people, but they've got other things going on in the back of their minds where they're thinking, well, maybe I'm really a failure. And so in, in what you're saying, which is that you have both the fitness side, which is really affecting the body. And as the body goes, the mind goes. But you've got the yeah. other side, which is really the success side, because I think if you build from the inside out, some of these successful, heavy business people maybe don't think they're so successful or maybe don't you know, really believe in it. And that's where you and the Motivation to Move Premium side are able to give them some of those success tips as it applies to fitness, but also as it applies to business or to personal lives. Yeah, we, we really do weave it together. I think uh, people are constantly amazed. They said, you know, you always seem to weave the two together. How do you mm-hmm. do that? And even my daughter will say to me, she said, Dad, I, I had no idea where you were going, but you, you, you wound it all up and it made sense. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a little bit of a gift there, I think. But, yeah, it's true. And, and I can tell you from having done this now, I don't know how many thousands of times um, with communicating with people, uh, we all have the same mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. We do. And it's always it's always something underlying. It's always and it's always simple. I usually actually when I do a coaching call, I'll sit down. I almost I almost go to sleep for the first twenty minutes. I just mm-hmm. wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. Got it. There it is. It's the same thing the last yep. guy said. And you know you tweak them around and boom, they're good. Sometimes it's just awakening. Awakening. That's why I say the trick is the click. And my goal is to really genuinely try to create that in your yep. head. And I get emails yep. all the time. They said, Scott, did you hear the click? <laughs> and what happens, I, I I say I play music or I say something or. You know, I have a, a very upbeat kind of uh, a personality that a lot of people are really attracted to in the, in the way I deliver it. Don't think that's a mistake in how I deliver it. It's absolutely pre-planned. I am looking for whatever I can do to get you off your game a little bit so that I can grab you while you're off balance and shake you and put you back on balance. Well, I think, I think and, you also show passion, and I think that that's one of the things for, for whatever reason has been dumbed down in our society is you're not supposed to be passionate. You're not supposed to talk about when things are going good. You're, you're gathered around the water cooler, and people talk about how much they hate this or how much they hate that or how much stress they're under. And, of course, that just magnetizes more of it to you. And so for me, when I put your voice in my ears, as it were, you know, I hear sort of your upbeatness, and, and it always reminds me. I have this in me too. Sure, sure you do. Sure you do. And I, you know, I, I live and breathe, and i got to tell you, I, I'm an upbeat guy anyway. And I amp it up a little more when I'm on the podcast because that's what's expected sure. of me. But but you know, but over time, what happens is I'm amped all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just as I'm always going, and the more I get passionate. Now I've had some some tough times in my life. You know, there's no doubt, and but I don't see them that yep. way. Well, actually, speaking uh, about that, I think one of the things that. I know is that we've been talking a little bit about the premium membership, but uh, I think that when you started that, it was at maybe not, I guess bittersweet is the right word for it, but, you know, it was one of those times. So maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you know, it's funny because I'd done the Motivation to Move program for, I think, um, I think a year and a half or two years and uh, had built it really well. We've been pretty much number one on iTunes since mm-hmm. day one, give or take a couple. And, and so I had been... And working on the premium, nobody had ever done it. Nobody knew how to make to basically sell podcasts. Mm-hmm. And and I and I figured out how to do it and I decided to launch. It took me nine months to figure it out. I was about a year ahead of everybody. And when I decided to launch it, my wife and I were working together on this and, and um, she helped me build it and 
And throughout the course of that summer of uh, 06, she was getting progressively kind of – she wasn't feeling it. She was mm. tired. And she, and she was – and I, I didn't know quite what was going on. She told me she wasn't feeling good, but I think she knew what was mm. happening. When you have malignant melanoma, you know, once they try to treat it the first yep. time, if it comes back, they don't do anything yep. else with it. Uh, it's, it's a death yep. sentence. And so she began to get sicker and sicker over the summertime, and then it got really, it got really bad. And I finally said, you know, I'm still pushing. By the way, my, I'm putting my house up for sale because she told me to. And now I know she wanted me to have the money to take uh, care of her, and because a cancer patient didn't have the right. insurance, so the house is on the market. Uh, you didn't know this, but nope. I don't. But also, <laughs> I, I was working on the premium podcast. Mm-hmm. The house sold, and we had to be out in eight. Oh days. my gosh! <laughs> All right, after four months, we had to be out. The very weekend that we were to move, I launched the premium program and people signed wow. up. I started wow. making money. Like 30 people signed Excellent. up. The very Excellent. weekend. The very day we were moving out, my wife uh, gets dehydrated, ends up in the hospital, ends up with a CAT scan, ends up with a terminal diagnosis. She has three oh. The day that I decided to reach out and motivate and inspire the world, I get told my wife is right. going to die. Your wife of 20-odd years. I mean, not just, you know, this is somebody who you grew up Girl, with. <laughs> I met her two weeks out of yep. high school. I, we, we lived and breathed together. We, we worked together. We, she didn't have an outside job. We worked together. We were, if you saw one, you yep. saw the other. We were absolute, absolutely connected and soulmates, and everybody who saw us yep. knew it. And obviously, I got, you know, my world was rocked, and, and I didn't know quite what to do. And, but thank goodness we had a million friends who Wept in and moved us and took care of us and my mom came to town and she took care of us for a week or two while we got our head wow. together, and and you know once we finally got settled uh, and it, I won't go into all the stuff that happened during the process all that stuff is still available on the website you can hear all those because yes. I, I, I chronicled it on all the yes. shows, and and what ended up happening was I made a decision, I made a decision I sat down because Cheryl was kind of um, no she's scared obviously, sure. and. And a lot of people say, hey, what's the meaning? What's the meaning? What's the <laughs> mean? I said, meaning, meaning doesn't no. matter. I said, what's our purpose mm-hmm. now? You know, this is a tragedy that's going to happen to us, but how we choose to respond and how we choose to live with this will, will define yep. us. This will be over. She's going to be gone. I'm going to be here. My kids will be here. What do we do? What's your purpose? And I really was on a mission. I wanted to make sure that she found her purpose in her world before she mm. passed, and she was worried she wasn't going to. She thought she was a healer, like a Reiki healer. She was very yep. spiritual. And, and ultimately, she became a teacher. And I got to tell you, day after day, she'd like they had twenty people a day in our room. <laughs> the point was to make a decision and to empower everybody. And, and ultimately, one day I'm going to write a book. I already have the title. It's called Empowered Love Grieving. Love it. Love it. Because the way I chose to do it'll be short, be like eighty or ninety pages. Because what I found, and I've, I've consulted people since that or counseled them, they would call me. These guys are calling. My wife is dying. What do I do? And I said, first off. Empower yourself. She's going to be gone, so let's make life good now. And boy, you know what? As I look back on the process, I remember that while it was the hardest time in my life, time takes away some of the difficult the images that I had yep. and leaves me with nothing but a beautiful experience with this beautiful life. It was is as I've been begun to describe this, it was a perfectly natural ending. It just happened 30 years too yep. soon. Yep. And I got to tell you, I got some bummer days. I still do, and life is great now. But, but, but life is life changed, and it just defined me when that happened. It really changed. Well, my I world. think the thing too that I only know through your um, through your podcast, but I think one story that I'm going to have you tell because it's one of my favorite stories that you tell is actually um, Cheryl getting you to go out shopping. I think she was preparing you, and she knew it. So I'd like you to tell that story only because I love that story. <laughs> 
it's it's funny guys. I was embarrassed for a while to say it because you know I I I I'm a good guy. I'm a good catch, frankly. I'm a good husband and. And I help out and do everything, but I, I got to know her very young, and she, we had kids, so we divided the sure. duties. And so for the most part, she cooked and shopped and did laundry and stuff, and I, sure. I worked. And and so we as we got close to this, the realization was I can't save her, right. that she is going to go, and I'm going to be right. on my own. So, yeah, I started going grocery shopping, and it was really right. hard. Right. Well, I think she was <laughs> making my, you an even better catch, which I think we may talk about a little bit later, well, but – yeah, we probably will. And so she sent me. I did that. I used to go. We used to always go have coffee together because we worked out of the home. So we'd get out and have coffee and have little meetings at the uh, coffee shop. Well, I started to go out and have coffee by myself to see what it was like. I had never been alone. Uh, Sandy, never. And that's perfect. Ever. That's a perfect example. And that's probably exactly perfect for your book, too, is those sorts of things are so important for this sort of situation. Yeah. I, I, I was completely lost. So what did I do? I started practicing. Yep. I practicing well, and I would come back and I said, "Boy, how, how do you even do this?" Mr. <laughs> I had no idea. And I, I, I you know, I, I'd say, "I have. How do I do laundry?" And her best friend Lynn took me back, taught me how to do yep. laundry. I, I had no idea. I, after she finally died, I, I was walking around the house going. Holy moly, what a lot of work oh, yeah. it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's nothing to, to make you realize sort of what the other person does, whichever side you're on, as to unfortunately yeah. lose that person. I was completely lost. I got to tell you, but but you know, but but she had uh, this strength and this wisdom to to know that she was going to pass, and she had a few things to take care of. And any mother or any wife will tell you all they care about. They don't care if they're going to. Oh, that's true. They care about how are you going to be? How are you going to be? Are you going to be okay? And you can't say, "Yeah, I'm going to be okay." You got you got to prove it. But you do and something. I think that's the thing too is that uh, that's that's another story that I actually really like. See, that's the problem because I've been a premium number. I knew none of these stories, so I can you know have you reiterate them. Was when she sort of. Sat you down to have a little talk with, you know, with you about what was going to happen. And uh, I was going to say part of that is part of that is a little bit what we talked about, that she was training you to be a single uh-huh. man. But then why don't we talk about that talk a little bit? I was staying at a friend's house because we were homeless because I'd sold right. my house. And um, and we were waiting to get into a new place. And so a friend of mine, Tom, had offered up his home. And we were there. My kids were there. I hired both my kids, and they came, they stayed with us, and and we all took care of her for three mm-hmm. months. And um, but anyway, I'm I'm in the I'm in the home, and she's in the bedroom, and and she's still she's in bed, but she's still feeling pretty good. It's probably six or about seven weeks before mm-hmm. she died. And I'm walking down the hallway. She's Scott, come here. I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what did I do? <laughs> you know what she she gave me she gave me what she showed me how strong a woman mm. can be, and she showed me how selfless a woman can be, and she gave me. As I have learned afterwards, I didn't know then. She gave me the greatest gift she could have given me. She released mm. me. And what she did was she sat me down and she said, I want to talk to you about the fact that you're going to be an eligible bachelor. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I had not even thought right. about it. And when I did, it was the weirdest feeling yeah. in the world. And, and and if you get to know me just a little bit, it was about 30 seconds before I said, wait a second, you mean I get to – Right, exactly. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> But it was a real conversation, and what she wanted to do was nobody knew me better than, than Cheryl did. And I'm a relationship mm-hmm. man. I've dated two women in 29 mm-hmm. years. That's mm-hmm. it. And, and that's who I am. I'm not a guy that goes out and dates a lot. And she knew that. And she used to say, she said, you know what? I, I ground you. You're the balloon. And if you don't have a grounding, you're going to float away. You've got to be ready for that. You, you, you have to mm-hmm. know that. But then she said to me, when I pass, I'd like you to mm-hmm. grieve, but you grieve as long as you think you need mm-hmm. to. And don't listen to anybody else. And when you find that person that you think is the right person, regardless of how long it's been, I want you to go with yep. it. And then she did something that totally rocked my world. 
She called my kids, uh. Austin and Carl, and she told them the same thing, what she just told me. And then we had a question and answer session. They said, we get to approve her. And, <laughs> and it was weird. I, it was really weird. And then it then it goes on. Yeah, my my son's saying so. Uh, so you're gonna stick with the blonde? <laughs> I don't know what to say. My wife says he never really liked blondes. He's gonna go with the redhead. It was you know we made fun of this. And then and then she calls her friend Lynn and her sister Nancy. They called them in the room. She said I want to tell you what's gonna happen because they were out in the world with yes. me too. And she said he's gonna get grief no matter what yep. he does. And she so this took two hours. Yep. And uh, and that's all that was said. We never talked about it yep. again. And I didn't know what a gift that would be until just about two months yep. later. Which was kind of kind of a strange time for me. But. Well, I think that she also – I mean what she really did was she gave you the gift to live your life your way. And mm-hmm. um, I think that that's one of the things that both of us face with our clients is that often they're living either with other people's thoughts or other people's things or other people's this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes it's hard to reground yourself in yourself. And when it comes to grieving, you know, you had been losing Cheryl, unfortunately, for a while, but you were able to, I think what you call power grieve. And, um, Mm -hmm. and you had some practice as a bachelor and, you know, this, that, the other thing. But also the, the most important thing is that everyone has to remember that other people's opinions are just that. They're just opinions. They're not a truth. You know, they're not a truth for yourself. Your own truth is always inside of yourself. And so as long as you're grounded in your own truth and it feels good to you, you don't get pulled off your pillar, I think. No, no. And I think is when you know who you are and, and you stay true to your values, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, uh, and I ran, I, I ran into a lot of that. A lot of that uh, judgment, I think, yes, would be the word. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's, that's exactly it, is that people always seem to pass judgment on things as if they were – a judge, I suppose. And, and they're sort of saying, well, this is the answer. And if you just ask them for a second, well, why would that be? Well, because. Well, because what? Well, because you're not supposed to be dating yet or you're not supposed to be this. Well, why? You know, and, and that's why I love the fact that Cheryl not only brought your kids in and, of course, Carlin and Austin are um, are older, we should say to our audience. Carlin, who you mentioned before, actually helps you run Motivation to Move. And Austin is uh, mm-hmm. in the financial business out here in California. And um, the fact that she brought them in, brought her sister in, brought her best friend in, she was, she was doing such a great job because she allowed you to have some people that would say, no, no, this really is what she wants. And I think that's important for our women to know, too. I mean, often they don't communicate out to others. You know, Cheryl really was of course my trademark fem powered i mean she was she was feminine mm-hmm. and she was empowered by that femininity and she was passing that empowerment on and sort of surrounding you with it because she knew you very well and she was using that strength to be sure that you were able to live your own life she was and she you know one thing she knew and i and i think most women i don't think they do know this by the way i don't think most women know how much their men need them and how much they're guided by them and how much they just want to know that they're doing okay, and what's the right thing for them I to think do. that's absolutely true. I mean, that's I have a whole chapter on that where I basically say to women, you got you got to go first. You got to spend ten minutes just telling your guy that you're relying on him, that you respect him, that that is, you know, that's one of your I don't I don't want to say jobs, but that's that's one of your qualities as a woman. And men really need that because men are uh, they kind of run in their dog pack. You know, if you're out playing basketball or whatever, you're not saying to your 
basketball buddies, you know, work isn't working that well or whatever, but you're very likely to take it home to your wife. And your wife is the mm-hmm. repository of all this who really has to know. And I firmly, firmly believe that one of the bedrocks of relationships is that in the very middle for every woman, it's got to be herself. You know, she can't, she's got to have time for herself. But then the next step has got to be her man, even though a lot of women are running around with their kids and things like that. Honestly, your man needs you so much and actually more than your kids need you in a lot of respects because your kids have their peers and stuff. But your man really has you and that relationship. And I think Cheryl is is such a great she's sort of like the the femtor of of could be of a lot of women because she is she by her example could mentor or femtor these women into realizing how important that is and how this has really made you step into a new life which I think we should talk about a little bit now. Now you are in a very new life. In fact, I, um, I will tell my audience that I have been very lucky to have nabbed Scott just about before he steps into his tux. He's getting married in a couple of weeks. So let's talk about the in-between times between Cheryl passing and now. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I, I figure I had that big speech I showed you. <laughs> exactly. Cheryl told me what to do. It's funny. I took a couple of uh, couple of weeks off and chilled, and um, and I remember uh, New Year's Eve came around, and uh, somebody invited me to a New Year's Eve party, a real fancy thing, and then and I, I had to get all dressed up to go. And uh, by the way, I went to f- I, I laugh at this. I went to four holiday parties after she passed, three of them because Cheryl told me I was going to go anyway. <laughs> I said, "All right, I'm going," and I went. And the fourth one ended up being her service uh-huh. after. It was her, the reception after her uh, service, and I remember it as a party because I told everybody. I said, listen, it's the holidays. It's December 16th. Everybody's going to have a book a party. We're going to ask them to come pay their respects to Cheryl. There's going to be 200 people here, and there yep. were, and, and, and we better make That's it a party. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should so be. <laughs> I, I, we called it a celebration of life, and we made it work. But on New Year's Eve, I remember I went out. I took my wedding band off yep. New Year's Eve, and I said I got to move yep. on. And I took it off, and I went to this party, and it was the first time that I stepped out, and I looked, and there was all these single girls dancing, and I went – <laughs> I had no idea what to do. I didn't even talk to him. I had no idea. Trust me. I had no idea. So I so I you know, with that and, and it's amazing. After you lose somebody, it's amazing how many people disappear in oh, your life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um all the women I'd known before because I taught and did seminars and I knew lots of women and none of them called me because they didn't know what to do with the guy who just Absolutely. lost his wife. And and so I was kind of I, I suddenly by myself. I had no business because I lost it. Motivation to move is creeping along. By the way, I, I decided that I would continue the premium and push it. I just yep. did it. January 1st, I got it going and I just, I just sucked it you know, up and I did it. You know, I could interrupt you for a and, second, and yeah. um, which is, which is, as you can probably imagine, it's like, <gasps> okay, here I go. Um, <laughs> you know, here's a question for you. What, you know, for those women that you knew, and there you are, you know, you're grieving or whatever, what would have been the sort of thing that would have been helpful for you? What sort of thing could you say to some of our listeners who, when they're placed in a situation like this, as a grieving man, what would have been something that you really would have appreciated? Two things. Um, first off, whenever people uh, come upon a grieving man, they don't, there's not too many widowers out no. there, frankly, and, and particularly at 46 yeah, years yeah. old. as yeah. young, and, um, and they never, nobody, nobody ever knows mm-hmm. what to say. And so if a woman would come up to me, and the women did this a lot, by the way, so the guys were mm. far worse. Women would just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I would just – it was great. But the next thing that a guy missed – I miss this so much. I cannot tell you how much I miss this. And I've termed it intimate conversation. Mm. 
I don't mean sexual. Yep. I mean that that casual, comfortable thing that we have. Absolutely. With that I didn't have. Absolutely, anymore. I really get that. Any woman who had come to me and without even saying that would had just had, had come to me and said, "Let's have coffee." Yeah. And would just listen to me. I would have just. I, I didn't want anything. I, I wouldn't have been attracted. It was just to me. Is what I was missing from my life. I love life. that. But I was completely gone from I my love life. That. And I was. I was well, lost. and and I I hear you because that really is it plays back into again what we were just talking about. That's an intimate conversation is really exactly what it means. I guess intimate could be sort of sexual or sensual, but there is something very special about a woman in a man's life when she's been let in. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate that, that um, suggestion because I think that women and the best part about it is for the woman to remember, he's going to open up to me and I have to hold this as a container. I think, you know, just, just not to, it's, it's sort of, you get to you get to hold that for that guy because that sp- space is missing. You know, women have that intimate conversation often with their women folk, but uh, mm-hmm. men really just have that wife. So that's really, really, really important for women to remember and realize that that is one of their most nurturing qualities is being a receptacle for that in- intimate conversation for a man and for someone who might have just lost one or even gone through a divorce, frankly. I mean, perhaps, you know, oh, yeah. same sort of thing. It's the same thing, and I, I obviously have gotten out all the single guys who have gone through divorces, so, you know, and they were the same. By the way, just a, a side note here. It, interestingly, and you'll understand what I, what, I, what I mean when I say this. If I had to lose a spouse mm. in a very strange way, I got Oh, money. you did. Oh, yeah. And you know why? Because somebody gets a divorce, these guys are – they want to kill oh, yeah. themselves. I was like, oh, I, uh, I hate the fact that she died, but you know what? At least I can put it behind me. Absolutely, she's not there anymore. You know, I mean, she's not there. It's, 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 yeah. But I, back to what you were saying about the the conversation. Um, a guy is a guy. He's logical. Mm-hmm. He's methodical. Mm-hmm. He can put his plan together. He can get it done. So when it came down to to, to shopping or laundry or bookkeeping, I yep. just did it. But when it came down to to having somebody that I could just kind of kind of what I've termed fall mm-hmm. into. And, and have that that intimate conversation with. I didn't yep. have that, and and nobody called. And if I called them, they were like, "Well, what are you talking about?" <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. It was weird. And then my single buddies, "Hey, you ready to go out?" I said, uh, "No, I don't know what to uh, do. I didn't want to go out. I was bored." And and what ended up happening was this during this whole time period. I and then at nighttime, at uh, eight o'clock at night. Here I'm motivating. By the way, I'm sitting here at seven or eight o'clock at night. I'm on my right, forum, right. Uh, ch- chatting with people because it's something right. to do. And because I all of a sudden had lost all of this time. And by the way, remember, for three months, I cared for a dying right. woman. I didn't That's sleep. Right. I, I never left yep. the house. I, I was busy, 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 then yep. nothing. Oh, gosh. And I power grieved it afterwards. <laughs> I, I spent three days crying. I got over it. I was ready to move on. It was I was busy, 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 and then okay. nothing. I was well, lost. now I have a question for well, you I'm... at this time because we're talking yeah. about weight a little bit. How were you doing on your on your sort of weight goals when you were in your <laughs> grieving period? I was fake until I uh, <laughs> You know what? It's funny. One thing about motivation to move is I um what I determined to do was I said because um, uh, I'd lost weight before. I had actually during the stress period and uh, I'd gained about thirty mm, pounds. Okay. Um, but I had decided that uh, and I'd stopped working out. But I decided that that wasn't something I needed to. Sh- but that when it was time, yep. I would. And, and so what I did was I just stayed on task with what I was doing. I made it all about Cheryl and how we were dealing with this this day to day kind of stress. And it wasn't. It was it was not down at all. If you, yep. you were there, it was upbeat. Yep. There, it was very touching. Yet at the same time, it was very funny and 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 very educational. Yep. 
Um, but I, I gained a weight. I gained 30 pounds, and I was way out of shape. And I remember a couple of days after she died, I was like, I was, I was trying to perk myself up. And I, the first thing I did is I walked to my kitchen and my cat. <laughs> I said, don't worry, guys. I'll get another one for you. <laughs> I, I was talking to myself, and then I then I then I walked in my bedroom, and I did I, I did the I looked in the mirror, and I said, okay, I'm going to take an evaluation here. I need to do the magical mirror oh dear. here, which somebody <laughs> yep. said I've got to do something because if I want a world class woman, I can't be looking right. like this. It's not going right. to happen. And so I started losing weight right away, and I lost probably um, probably within a uh, I'd say a month, I lost um, maybe maybe ten or twelve pounds. I started to take it off, but it was hard. It was very very mm-hmm. difficult. But I was motivated. I was inspired. I was trying to get back in the groove. Um, you know, they call it a period of disorganization once you're sure. breathing. You think you're doing okay, but then poof, you're not. You just or, or something happens. Yeah. You know, you run into something, and or you find some, the shoes, or you find whatever. And especially if you yeah. didn't really have somebody to talk to, I think that yeah. And you know, I'm a, I'm an auditory absolutely. guy. I got absolutely. <laughs> and so that becomes so. And you also sort of, just as Cheryl had said, you'd sort of lost your tether. So let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. joy. Okay, Joy. Uh, yeah, Joy came into my yep. life um, seven weeks after Cheryl yep. died, and uh, she came into my life through eHarmony. Oh, okay. Because I was helping uh, one of my friends who was having no luck on eHarmony getting a man, <laughs> and I said, "Why?" Well, I, I was bored. I said, "Well, she's actually Cheryl's best friend, actually." And and I said, "Well, let me look at your profile because I'm kind of good at this. I'm a good writer. I know how people think. I said, let and me, I know let what me men are looking right. for. <laughs> I, and I know what I know who you are. Let me rewrite this for you and make it." And make it work for you. And by the way, it did. Excellent. And while I was doing it, I'm I'm looking at this eHarmony thing. That says get your free personality profile. That is a give, like giving right. me crack. You know, I'm into me that too. stuff. I said, okay, cool. I start filling out my personality profile. I go on, and and it's killing. It's taking two hours yep. of my time. Yeah, but you're having a that good time. I mean, I love those. I things. was in the moment, baby. I was going, <laughs> and and I uh and, and then I realized they're like um okay um well for fifty nine ninety five. You know, we we can put your stuff out there and send you some matches. Yep. So, okay, fine. So I put my credit yep. card in, and uh, it was like ten minutes later, I had like five people, five women, and I went, "Oh, wow, yeah. there, there's women." In <laughs> it's like parts. it's like a gumball machine. I put a little bit in, and it suddenly was, the gumballs come out. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, and 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 I told them right up front on the profile. I said I lost yes. my wife. I in in a week's time, I had eighty two eighty two matches. Uh, it was crazy. And uh, and they were all like, you know, basically because of the kind of work that I do and the way I worded everything, basically they all were miscongeniality. They want world peace. Oh, right. You know, just kind of like off in right. la land. And, and I didn't care. I basically got really frustrated, and I said, you know, I don't have time for this. Even though I had time, I was it was too much stress on me, and I was going to let it go. And about a week goes by, and I decided to go ahead and clear out everybody. So if you didn't have a picture, <laughs> if, if I can't see you, for, and if I didn't physically have at least some attraction for you, right, you're gone. Right. <laughs> and I just, I just gotta get. So I'm going through. I get about forty of these th- these things yep. done, and I click on one and I go, "Well, hello, Joy." <laughs> Looked at that picture, and I read her profile about twenty times. I was looking to see what's between the right. lines. And she sent me a picture that was actually uh, didn't really do her justice, uh, and, but she had great arms and shoulders. I said that'll yep. do. And 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 so I sat there for about an hour, and I and I finally said, okay, I'm going to start the process. And I I I shoot her a communication, I shoot her some questions, yep. and the next morning I get my answers. And uh, the, and within two days we'd gone through all of that, and and we're in open communication. We're telling stories, we're going back and forth and talking, and I'm writing romantic like you can. <laughs> she actually said I should have put romantic on my profile because evidently yeah, there I you am. Go. And, <laughs> With Cheryl, I knew that Cheryl got the the, the, the milk. Joy's getting right. the cream. <laughs> Cheryl trained you. Come on, you know, perfect. Yeah. Well, I, by the way, I told Cheryl that, and by, th- this is a true story. I said, "You train me, 
you get the milk, you should have had yeah. the cream. But in my view, there is a woman out there who has been abused or been emotionally unhappy, whatever it happens to be, with a previous marriage, and I'm going to yep. meet her, and she deserves the cream yep. too. Yep. Yep. And I changed my world when I thought yep. that way. And Anyway, we go on and on and on, and finally one day when we were going back and forth, I get an open joy, and she says, so uh, I've, uh, I pass all your tests. What else do I have oh, to do? Oh, dear. <laughs> and I said, I thought I was being tested. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, I guess we should talk. And I remember that we made an appointment to talk the next day, and she called me. And I, I was pacing all over the place because I'm so auditory. I, the voice had Absolutely. to be right. And, when, and she picked up, and she said, hey, Scott, it's Joy. Little Tallahassee. And you were like, oh, accent. thank you, God. <laughs> and, and, and so you know we 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 talked an hour and uh, that night we talked another hour we talked an hour and a half every day uh for about four days we met the next friday for an hour and a half lunch it took four hours we had a date the next monday we spent the day together friday a weekend together after that it has not stopped uh and what's very cool about this whole process is that i went back and you know people say what well, are you compatible or not i look back on the original emails yeah. we sent the original ten thousand emails <laughs> yeah Nothing, nothing has changed. Ah, love it. Nothing has changed. It's identical. But you, but Joy you had, were both also being uh, truthful, which I think is the, is the key thing too. You know, a lot of people, I I often will same sort of thing. They'll be going on eHarmony or going on to Match, and the most important thing is, yes, you might want a certain person, but just like you talked about, your mirror melt, you know, all the rest. You have to be the person you want to attract, but you also have to put the right stuff out there. And I think one of the one of the things you talked about in one of your podcasts was how um, you had friends who were saying, well, you're going to date a ton of women. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And you actually were able to sit back and go, you know, that's not me. And then move forward the way that you did. And, and I think that's so instructive. And you've been very instructive to a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, in that you remind people, grounded in yourself. Everything else is just opinion. Grounded in yourself. Yeah, I, and it really was. that. I, I did that naturally. And, and I think in retrospect, people, anybody who really knows me will say, well, yeah, of course that's not you. You wouldn't right. have done that. I didn't. I, I didn't really know that until I was tested. Well, you didn't know. Oh, the last knew. time you were single, you were 18, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I've never been two women in 29 years. I didn't know. I had no idea what the dating world was. And trust me, Joy made me date her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, but but I did it really yeah. well. And I said, I, I've told her many times. I said, you know, I'm really good at yep. this. <laughs> I could do this yep. more. But I knew honestly. I mean, I, I, the third week we were out, we were in um, in Mount Dora, a little town mm -hmm. near here. And we were having uh, having dinner in a French restaurant. A little band was doing their thing, and and, and Joy says, you know, because I'm I'm a fairly aggressive mm -hmm. guy, you know, I I'll put it out there and let you know. I'm not going to leave mm -hmm. you in the dark. And and she said, so what are so, uh, Mr. Smith? What are your intentions? <laughs> I said, well, you really want to know? She said, yeah. I said, my intentions are to get you to fall madly in love with me, marry me, and spend the rest of your life with me. <laughs> and her jaw hit the ground. And she said, how do you know that? Well, I got some experience because I met my wife. You know, I fell in love at first sight, and that worked 30 years. I figure I'm pretty good at it. I said, but the reality is this. I need to see this Absolutely. as it is. If I go into this expecting the, this to be the greatest relationship at all time, in fact, by the way, better than what I had Absolutely. before, it'll be great or it won't be. If I go in expecting it to be that way, I'll do everything it takes to make it that way. No excuses. I won't bail. If I go in to say, hey, I'm going to try and we'll see how this goes. Guess what? I'm looking for the out. It's like it's like using divorce as an out. Right. If you if you use the big D thing, if you even recognize that it's no. there, you're just going to go right well, to and it. Well, I think that's and, I think that's exactly right. And that it's the the Yoda that said, um, "Do or no do or do not do. There is no try. You know, you do it or yeah. you don't do it. 
try yeah. is just the gray area. And if you say that, you're trying to leave yourself, like you said, an out. I certainly remember actually when uh, you when you had this conversation of joy. It's funny because I'm very visual myself, not so much auditory as you are. I'm much more visual, and I remember downloading your podcast as a premium member. I remember where I was on the hike when you said that. I burst out laughing. Yeah. I I like scared my dog, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> and I think that's the, that's the thing too, is that you really did put it out there. And it reminded me that this is the way that I want to live, live my life. And I think that's part of it is that your life, your relationship, the business, you've now got a new house, you've got all these things going, got the wedding going. And I think that you have become a a person not you know you don't you it's not like a I'm trying to think of the right word and maybe you know it it's not really a idol or you know whatever but mm-hmm. you become something that somebody can hold up and say you know here's a regular guy who's doing these things has gone through this process and is reminding me that I am also an ordinary guy but I can live through these extraordinary circumstances circumstances and have an extraordinary life on the other side yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It's interesting because I think you know this in conversation, just that we, we only talked yeah. today. But you know this and other people know this too. I didn't have a clue that was going on. Right. In fact, and just until recently, I had no clue that that even right. happened. All I knew was I made a choice. Right. I made a conscious choice to share this and to, and to, and to be the best that I yep. could be. And, and moving forward, I didn't know that, that that would become – I wasn't – I mean basically when I started being a motivational speaker, I was just a fat guy who was like, <laughs> – I mean, that worked because a lot of people have done yep. that. I didn't know this was going to come find me and define me and make me who I am today and change me. This poor girl, Joy, when she met me, when she sat down to me, by the way, she said, uh, you cook. <laughs> <laughs> my man's going to cook. Do you shop? And, and I said, well, yeah. And she said, I think every man has to live by himself for a while so he knows who yep. he is. Yep. And I said, yeah. okay. So I started doing that. So all this stuff happened. But along the way, for whatever reason, and I don't know why it happened. But yeah, I think somehow, some way, I became a regular guy. And and let me just—I I, I thought about this a minute ago. I might in, uh, uh, put this in. I sold my house uh, to pay my my yep. bills. Uh, I didn't work for five months. I, I I was paying my kids. I had all the expenses. I had everything. I, my mom loaned me a bunch of money because or gifted me some money because I just yep. needed it. I had down to the day when I knew I'd run mm-hmm. out of money, and uh, and 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 it was about January fifteenth of mm-hmm. last year. Uh, the day that I met Joy, I had. Um, I had 30 premium members paying me 19.95 right. a month, and I had. Uh, I used to tell her. I said, I just recently, I said, you know what our budget was for dating? <laughs> it was. I said, if if I made 19.95, that was it. <laughs> and so I, I would add it up all week long, have 140 dollars <laughs> cash in my pocket, and I'd take her out to dinner. And she said, I never knew. I said, of course but not. But that's the whole point, never, right? Ever absolutely. Knew. And because it didn't matter what ma- the money didn't matter. I always knew there would be that's more. Right. Well, so I met her with 30 members, and we have. Vastly yep, more than that yep. now. In in a year's time, I've I, I've God, so much has happened. I built this business that is my full time yep. job. I don't do anything yep. else. Um, uh, we bought this house. We are getting okay. married. Uh, my my daughter's getting married. She That's works right. full time for me, and I pay her off the proceeds of motivation yep. to move. Um, and I've done this in a year. So yeah, hey, you know what? I guess you're right, girl. <laughs> I had no yep. idea. Yep, yep. And that's the whole thing. I mean, it's amazing the momentum that I think, you know, just just being true to yourself and again, being inside yourself, really realizing who you are, which again, I think women often have trouble with this, sometimes more than men. I think that men, like you say, they've got to have that intimate conversation and sometimes don't realize that they're missing it or whatever. But women often wind up um there's I don't know if you've seen the the movie um 
with I'm trying to, Runaway Bride with uh, Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, part of that movie was she would always have her eggs the way that the guy that she was dating would have her eggs. And in the very, very right, end, right, you know, right. she she doesn't marry Richard Gere. And then she's sitting there and she's cooking eggs. And he walks in and, and says, what are you doing? And she said, I've actually realized I don't like eggs at all. <laughs> and I think that women often will be trying to sort of take in other people's opinions or, or maybe make a mask in relation to how they're relating to people. And the beauty of the thing mm-hmm. is this to do exactly what you did, which is put it out there and realize that if this is not what Joy had wanted, for example, then you have also left yourself the space because this is what you want. So if it's what you want, you must be with people and in situations that are matching to that. Mm-hmm. You do, and and you have to. You have you know. Sometimes it's funny. Joy and I laugh all the time because she's very quiet. Yeah. And um, and 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 I. <laughs> but and, like uh, Cheryl, she's she can ground you. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, she does, and she's gotten much better at it. But but sometimes she's speaking Japanese and I'm speaking German. <laughs> and, hey, now and, my and husband I, is Austrian, I, so watch out for that German thing. Yeah. And I'm a pretty good communicator, and we'd look at each other and and we'd say, "Wait a second, we're saying yeah. the same thing." Yeah. And you know, what happened was I knew. I'll tell you what, a, a huge key in this because I only know woman woman for so long. I don't know if you knew this or not, but women are you different. You know that, really that I have discovered that <laughs> they do things differently, and it's like what Cheryl liked, and I was like, you know, I knew. By the way, when I moved in with Joy, when I, we got, I, I told her before I moved in, I said, I won't, we're not moving in together if you if if absolutely. And I said, I don't want to even start it. I said, that's kind of where I am. I would rather just get married first, but the market was so good. Yeah, was, yeah, you did that. a good job actually. So, but I knew, I knew going into this that that we we had to be very clear on who I was and who she was. But I also understood a couple of things. For instance, I gave away my wife's yep. kitchen. I had all her yep. stuff. I wasn't going to make Joy live with my Absolutely. wife's kitchen. Absolutely. I wasn't going to make Joy live with pictures of my wife everywhere. But I was also going to make sure that there were going to be pictures and Joy would understand Absolutely. that I love this woman and she would be in my world forever. But she's no company. Well, and I think that's part of it too. Is that is that's all integrated. And the beauty of it is that the person you're with are showing the true love and relationship and how that person is in your life. That is part of your life. And and the other thing too, I think, is that by you you know talking about the Japanese versus German speaking, I think sometimes. Sometimes the thing that that I laugh about a little bit and that there is a culture and maybe I heard it on your podcast, but it might have been somewhere else where um, when the two people are married, it might be India. I'm pretty sure it's India. When two people are married, there's each person has one person that they can go to and just talk about their relationship to. But then there is another person that each of those people can go to to talk about the relationship. And so the relationship has its own monitor as well as each of the husband and and wife and i thought that was so interesting because i think the best part about the best relationship is that we're two people but in relationship and watching out for that relationship it's like we're two to the power of two not you know not just a multiple yeah i i agree with that and and you didn't learn it from me because oh okay so there you go yep (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I ran joy through the ringer. I mean, I, I with my with my background, I'm I'm able to really open people up, and and I knew that I had to be amazingly flexible, and I knew I had to figure out how she communicated, and but she would also close up on me. So I I, I would get in her face. I would I wouldn't go dark mm-hmm, as I would say. Mm-hmm. I would get in there and I would talk about it. And I told her one time because she had been in a relationship where she didn't say she loved her husband for 20 oh my years because she didn't. Oh my goodness! And so she was very closed up. So I knew when I and I couldn't make her. I knew when she said I loved you, yep. she meant it because yep. she had never yep. said it. 
but you know, I, 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 and so she had some other little quirks about her, and I finally said, you know, the, a, a man, a man needs really just kind of one mm-hmm. thing. A man needs to know that he's oh, your yeah. man, and you oh, need yeah. him. And the minute a lady does that to her man, he's off the market. No other woman Absolutely matters. Absolutely true. And as long as you do that to your man, as you make sure he's and not just a fix. No, no, stuff, that's yep. part of it. When you just make make him sure that he's mm-hmm. needed. He, he, you don't have a worry mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, she did. As soon as she clicked in, it took it took a few months. As soon as she clicked in, I was yeah. done. And it happened about the time that I really got buff and got yep. shaped up, and I was starting to get hit on by women all over the place. And now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, I remember, and all, and she got really jealous. Yep. And I had another conversation with her. I remember, your guy needs to Absolutely. feel needed. And she did the yep. work. And all of a sudden, she started making me feel needed. And guess what? I, <laughs> I'm so off the market. It's but scary. see, that's the beauty <laughs> of it. I think. I, I think the beautiful thing about that sort of thing, which, which is, I'm so glad you said that because it's, it's all well and good for me to say it from the woman's side, but it's always really good to have the guy say it because I'm sort of trying to get into the guy's head in my book. But sure. um, I think that I think that's the thing to me is that. Women really don't understand that, you know, men may think that they want to play the market, but what they're looking for is often somebody to listen to them, somebody to really respect mm-hmm. them, somebody to love them, meaning when they walk in the room, your eyes light up, you know, and that to me is a woman's, you know, I know women have kids and they have their best friends and they have this and they have that. Again, I think of it like a target and it's my absolute point of view that that man has got to be in the middle of that target with you because that's a person you picked. Yes, you may have had kids. You may have had this. You may have had that. But once you have your kids and your car and your this and your that, man come in like 10th place and then you can't figure out why he has an affair or whatever. He's looking for somebody when you walk in the room, their eyes light up. Well, the truth is it's real simple. If you don't make your man feel yep. needed, the first person who does – Yes, that's yes. a really good point. Actually, I was speaking with a, a client just today where she was realizing she has a she has a male friend and she always opens the door for herself. And she was taught by her mother that, you know, she was never going to need anybody to open doors or, you know, stuff like that. And the thing that really made me laugh is she she stopped talking for a second. She said, you know, in my relationship. I do that a lot, and, and, and I'm just like you. I sit there and I go, la, 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 until they come to the realization, you know. And and she said, I should probably let my boyfriend open the door a little bit more. And I was like, la, 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 la. You know? And she said, this is what you've been talking about. So just like you said, it's sort of like the, the trick is the click. Suddenly she has a click moment. And we talked about that too where if a man really – thinks of you as somebody who's walking ahead and is doing whatever, then usually there's not going to be the same sort of sensual play. If you want to have a man as a friend that do things like open the door for yourself and, and just talk to him about ball games, and it's going to be – you guys are going to be neutral. But you know, if your eyes are lighting up and you're letting him open the door for you and complimenting him, I, I recommend to all of my clients you know, to compliment their man in a true and sincere fashion, whether he just fixed the light bulb or whether he's you know, doing various and sundry every day. And you've got to touch men too, which people I don't think really realize is men are so mm-hmm. sensual. They really have a lot of touch. You know? uh, yeah, I, I tell you, I, and you know what? It, 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 it he just just drags her finger across yep. my leg. I'm I'm good yep. for the day. Yep, and that's what I mean. It's just <laughs> squeezing the shoulders or you know anything like that. Oh, it's so simple. It is so simple. And and guys will fight that all the way. <laughs> so I want to bring uh, something that that really jumped out at me. Uh, Joy is uh, very well is and was. She'll describe herself as hard headed and independent. Hmm. 
Now, she had to be because she had to do everything. She was married. She yep. didn't do anything. And then she had to get the nerve to get divorced to move out and had to be a single mom and the whole deal. She had to be strong. And that was her identity. She was going to conform to it. And I knew that. And so, and a lot of women go through mm-hmm. that, but then they get stuck yes. there. And here I come rolling in the door, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm independent too. Yes. You're independent. That yes. work. So I, was, I began to talk to her, and I said, I said, well, we can't be two independents. This yes. won't work. It's, it's not going to work. And I said, we don't want to be codependent, no. do we? Hmm, it's not going to work. And, and, and she said, hmm, wait a second. Uh, codependent, uh, dependent. No, that's not, uh, I don't want to be dependent. Uh-uh. I said, Joy, you know what we need to be? We need to be interdependent. Yes. yes. We need to be like we take our two fingers, like we hold our hands and we, we interclass yes. our fingers. It's, that's how our life needs to be. We need to be interdependent on each other. We need to share uh, the parts of our life in and out almost. Like we, we like to say we, we have two separate brains, but it's good. They're different parts because they weave together really well. We get right, everything done. Right. We are interdependent on each other, and that way we each are strong and independent of our own, but we come together really very well. And I love that way of thinking because it really defines well, who we, we are. Well, uh, when, we, when my husband and I were married, we actually read a Khalil Gibran poem, which you may know, and um, it's – I don't have it memorized, but it is exactly that, and it was it was so emotional for me to have that read at my wedding because one of the one of the the things that it says in that is the pillar stands because the because the pillar you know the the temple stands because the two pillars are are apart they have to be apart to hold the roof up and you know the the cedar and the and the uh, other tree don't grow in each other's shadow but they support each other and they feed the they feed the ground underneath, and that's really what that poem was all about, and, and that's exactly what you're saying, which is like we have to be pillars in our own right, so not codependent, but we're raising a relationship roof over our head, and we're each responsible for it 100%, not 50-50, but we're each responsible 100%. Yeah, you really are. That, my, my, when I got married uh, the first time, when I was all but uh, yeah. 20 years old, the uh, minister at the time said that to me. He said, it's 100, yes. 100 guys, yes. not 50-50. Yes. You just always got to be there all yes, the time. Yes, exactly. And uh, it, that carried me for all those years. I have no doubt. I have no doubt at all that that you know this girl is going to know me till I'm a hundred. Absolutely. Uh, I ain't going That's anywhere. the plan. <laughs> well, I had promised that uh, I wouldn't take too much of your time since I know that you're planning for your wedding. And here we've been at this for a little over an hour. My, you know, I, I'm thinking that we're wonderful, but probably we could keep talking for two more hours, and then nobody's going to be able to download this from iTunes. So. <laughs> I, I think that in our conversation, we've had some great talk, a little bit about just men and women, but also about finding our passion. And the other thing that I will share with the listeners is that Scott has gone from his 248, and now he's like 160-something, right? 166, and uh, yeah, I've gone from 27% body fat to uh, today I was about 13. Unbelievable. I mean, talk about awesome. This is awesome. 38. 38-inch waist. Unbelievable. And so this, yeah. you know, the, the same thing that he talks about and that I use him as a motivator for, and uh, I hope you use me as a motivator, but he's another one for you, is, again, just that what he says and what I love, which is that stand up, take a step, and repeat. Just get out of what you're doing. Get up off the couch. Just start moving. Everything starts with a small step. I remember Martin Luther King actually said that, you know, really – Truth and trust is starting on the staircase. You don't need to see the whole staircase. You just got to step on the first stair. And mm-hmm. um, and so I think that the reason why all of us are here is to support each other like this, to find motivation in each other, and also to have people that remind us what we actually kind of already know. 
So uh, that's why I brought Scott here. I really want you all to go and check out Scott's program. Um, he is over at MotivationToMove.com. And if you put Scott Smith or Motivation to Move into your iTunes uh, search engine, you will get his daily boost, which comes out on Mondays. And how that works, that's how I started. He actually does um, a podcast that's like his premium membership podcast. It's pretty much the same thing, but just for Monday. And he puts that out and you get an idea of what you could have in your ears every single day. It's very similar to what I do for my coaching clients where you get a little bit of a motivation from me and he does that exact thing. It's not just fitness. There's a lot of fitness in there, but he talks about uh, nutrition. He talks about decreasing stress. He talks about, you know, just sort of how to have success in your life. Now, I was I was teasing with a friend of mine and I am a big Oprah watcher and I said she was talking about Bob Green and I've read Bob Green's books, who's of course one of the motivators for Oprah, and I said, No, I, I've got the guy. He's the Bob Green of the internet. Bob, Scott Smith is the Bob Green of the internet. So if you're if you're trying to think of you've never you know, heard Scott's stuff. You never go into his website. He's got a great website, very deep website with the forum and all that sort of stuff. But he's sort of like that person, like Bob Green is for Oprah, where he's someone who knows about nutrition. He's got his his black belt in kickboxing, martial arts. He is a certified personal trainer, and he's he's a hypnotherapist. When you go and uh, go to his website, he has a Start Moving, Stay Moving program, which he offers once you're a premium member to download and really work your way for 30 days towards your best life. And because he's a certified um, hypnotherapist, he actually has sort of some relaxing exercises and stress exercises and stuff. And I think that's the whole point here is that Scott and I are just out here to help you guys live your best life, find your passion, and do your exercise. So with that, I'd like to say goodbye to Scott Smith. And um, I am so glad you were able to come and speak with us here at FemPowerMonth.com. I am so glad you had me. And I'm, just, I'm sorry. You just made me sound so good. I'm going to <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Sandy. I, I very much appreciate it. This has been a okay, lot of fun. Okay, thanks again, so, Scott. Thank, thank, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as we enjoyed doing it for you. One thing that I wanted to insert here is the poem that I had discussed with Scott and couldn't quite remember that we had used in our wedding. It's called On Marriage by Khalil Gibran. He's a Lebanese poet. And I would like to close this interview with Khalil Gibran's poem. It goes like this. Love one another, but make not a bond of love. Let it rather be a moving sea between the shores of your souls. Fill each other's cup, but drink not from one cup. Give one another of your bread, but eat not from the same loaf. Sing and dance together, and be joyous, but let each one of you be alone, even as the strings of a lute are alone, though they quiver with the same music. Give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping, for only the hands of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together, for the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow.
I hope you have a fantastic weekend, and thanks again to Scott Smith from Motivation to Move for our interview on the Be a Bond Girl Coffee Clutch. Bye! Bond Girl is neither affiliated with nor endorsed by Eon Productions, Sony Pictures Entertainment, MGM Studios, or United Artists. This podcast is copyright 2008 by 00 Productions. All rights reserved. Fempowerment and Fempower are registered trademarks of 00 Productions. For more information, visit BeABondGirl.com. Our goal? To build a better world, one Bond Girl at a time.